When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. On February 21st, 2017, Today Show host Hoda Kotb called into the show with a very special and very surprising announcement. I do have something to tell you, but you know what? How about this? Instead of telling you, I'm going to show you something. All right. Hey, Jimmy Gaines, do you have a picture you can put up for me? That little girl, Haley Joy, yes. I'm crying, I'm crying, crying. is my daughter. I adopted her. Two years later, there was another call to the Today Show set and another surprise. Hoda, are you there? Oh, I'm here. Hi, guys. Do you have something to tell us? Yes, I do. Um, it's a girl. As her coworkers gushed and cried, Hoda spoke about the decision to adopt a second child, Hope Catherine, with boyfriend Joel Schiffman. Joel and I were standing there when they hand you the baby, and it's the closest thing to a live birth I think you'll ever see. But anyway, in that moment, I was like, oh my God, my heart just grew. <laughs> it's amazing. Anyway, I can't believe it's happening, y'all. I this can't. Is, oh, oh, so happy for you. Hold on, I've been giving out Kleenex, but I think I'm going to need a mop. Maybe you were watching the Today Show when she called in, or maybe you've heard her talk about her daughters, now two and four. But I wanted to know everything that came before those two phone calls. So I sat down with Hoda and we talked about it all. Her cancer diagnosis that left her surprised to learn she couldn't conceive and carry a child. A divorce that also blindsided her trying to convince herself that maybe motherhood just wasn't for her. And then at the age of 53, finally going through the adoption process with a relatively new boyfriend, by the way. Hoda's road to motherhood made me cry. It gave me chills. Actually, we both got chills during this conversation, and it filled me with hope and joy. Fitting, since her daughter's names are Haley Joy and Hope Catherine. This is Me Becoming Mom, where we talk to famous women you know and love all about their extraordinary journeys to motherhood. I'm Zoe Ruderman from People, and I am so excited to bring you our very first episode of Me Becoming Mom. I actually want to start with the title of one of your books, I've Loved You Since Forever. Had you known forever that you wanted to be a mom? Forever. I've known that forever, but it's like, um, you know, you make choices in your life. And when you make one choice, you don't know whether or not you're erasing another one. You don't know if by making one decision, you are somehow almost inadvertently putting an end to another choice. So for my whole life, like my career road sidecar, always, always, because I worked so hard. And every time I went somewhere, I said, this is important. This is the next job. I always assumed I would be a mother. I don't know that I thought there was any other choice for me personally. But I kept thinking when it was time, it would reveal itself. And so I had no idea that I would be standing in a moment 
going through a divorce and just having gone through breast cancer and having a doctor say, when I said, well, can I freeze my eggs? And the doctor basically said, well, have you ever frozen an egg before, like a real egg? Do you know what happens there? It's not often viable at this stage. And I just couldn't even comprehend what she was telling me, and I tried to block it. Somehow, I always kind of kept a little secret belief or yearning, maybe, but I dreamt about it my whole life. And did you know going into treatments for your cancer that that was a potential outcome, or was it a shock to hear that? It was surprising to hear it. I went through my cancer the way I wanted to, which is I'm not the doctor. My job is to be calm and not stressed and let the top surgeons and oncologists do their thing. No matter how hard I fought cancer, it was either going to do its thing or not. I didn't dive deep into all that stuff. My sister did, but I didn't. I refused. And so when she said that to me, and I remember it very vividly, it was almost too much for me to bear or believe that choice wasn't mine anymore. And I had to do what I think a lot of women do. You're like, well, okay, I have lots of blessings in my life. And I get to have a lovely mom and sister and brother and lovely nieces and a lovely circle of friends that feel like family and a job I enjoy. And that's what I get and just say thank you. So I just went along that path for a long time. And I've heard you talk about how you pushed the idea out of your head and specifically said, like, I have these nieces, this is my role in the world, and kind of tried to convince yourself, like, the path to motherhood is not actually for me. When did you stop fighting that and realize that that was not actually how you felt? You know, it's so funny. I was actually with a girlfriend, and we were walking down a street, and I remember it like it was yesterday. She said, because I had never shared it, with anyone that I had wanted, I still yearned for it because it seemed like wanting to go to the moon. You know, it's not happening, so don't even bring it up. So she said, you know, well, neither of us really wanted to have children. And I looked at her and I said, well, I do. I didn't say did, I said, I do. And she looked at me and she goes, what? And I started crying. I said, I do. I do. Like I said it out loud, I do. It was so weird. And it was a everyday moment that turned into an epiphany, and I had never spoken it. And it just reminded me that sometimes, you know, if you say out loud your secret, even if you whisper it, or even if you just mumble it to a friend, or even if it's just to yourself in the bathroom mirror, however you say it, when you say it, something happens. And I wasn't a believer in that until then. And I was like, I said it out loud. And I was like, oh my God. I do want to have children right now, here, yeah. in my current state, you know? And then when you said it, was it like, I'm on this path, I want to do this immediately? Well, I didn't think about the urgency in that moment, but I was newly dating a man who I had met, who had a grown daughter of his own, who was going to law school, and we had been dating for a while, and we were talking about moving in together. And I realized in that moment, like, I can't carry this with me. So before we make a big move to move in together, which is something we were talking about, this has to come up. Were you nervous to yeah, bring I was, it up? I was terrified. 
I was rehearsing in my head, how am I going to say this? And I don't know his reaction. And I think what I was probably the most scared of was that I knew I was going to do it anyway. So it was going to be, depending on what he said, would have depended on whether or not he was going to be in my life. And I wasn't sure that I wanted that to go away because it was amazing. All these things were kicking around. And I remember approaching him and my heart was pounding and I was sweaty. I could, I still remember it. And I said to him, Joel, I have to ask you something. And I haven't been sleeping well lately because it's been weighing on me and I can't carry it anymore. So I'm going to say something to you and I don't want you to answer me right now. I want you to sit with it and take your time. Don't answer and, you know, just take a week, take as long as you need. And he was like, what the, what is she going to tell me? And I looked him in the eye and I said, I would like to explore adoption with you. And there was like a second in there. I was like, this is the end of a relationship or the beginning of a family. Like this is happening in a snap, in an instant. And my heart was pounding and he just looked at me and he said, I don't need a week. In that moment, I like fell on his chest and was sobbing. He said, I didn't know you were carrying that. I knew in that moment I chose right because it was the thing that would make me the happiest on earth. He wasn't going to deprive me of it because I was going to do it anyway, I think. It made all the decisions so easy and clear. And I said, I chose right. I chose a man who chose my happiness over his convenience maybe in that moment. Hoda, we're six minutes in and I already want to sob and I have chills. (laughs) It was such a beautiful, life-changing moment for, for us, for me and for Joel at that point. And I think the title of the book, which you quoted, I've, you know, I've loved you since forever. I think then I could see it before it was something imagined, but I could see, like I had conversations with God about it after that. I wrote in my journal and I wondered, are you here? Are you about to be born? Are you sleeping under the same stars right now? Are you out there somewhere? choosing me too. You had loved her since forever. Had you thought about adoption since forever or had was that not a path that you'd considered until you had to consider it? Yeah, I never considered it until I had to. Families I just, you know, you you realize they come in so many different ways. My brother and his wife had adopted a little girl from Ethiopia, Ella, who was the apple of our eye, and they had adopted I was familiar with the process a little bit and how lovely and how wonderful and how families come in different ways. And I thought to myself, I want to do that. I know that the adoption agency said there's a child out there just for you. I believed it then and I believe it today. It was just about filling out paperwork. Tell me a little bit about that process. And I imagine you started pretty quickly after that. I did. Right after Joel said yes, I called an adoption agency and I filled out tons of paperwork. It takes a long time to do all the criminal background and all that stuff. And they come to your house. They ask you all kinds of weird questions. I didn't know the process, but you sit with them and they say, who comforted you when you were sick, when you were a little girl? How did your parents discipline you? Were you ever hit? And you're sitting with somebody in your home and it's hours and hours and hours and hours of that. But it's really revelatory, and it makes you think about how you would discipline. Like, was the silent treatment something common in your home? How did you know when you did something wrong? 
And I thought that being comforted when you were sick, how did they? Was it with like orange juice and a blanket or did someone sit with you? Did they give you something? Were they there? Anyway, all these things that make you think about how you would parent. And after I filled out the paperwork, it was a whole wait and see thing. And I have to tell you, Zoe, the timing was insane. We got the last bit of paperwork in, the last bit of criminal background check and all those things. And I think it was like a month later. Joel and I had moved in and we were living in there for a month. The people from the adoption agency said, if we ever call you, please pick up quickly. And I was sitting actually right here where I am right now. I was on a call about something and a text came through and it said, Ashley Project, because I called it the project. I didn't want to tell anybody what I was doing. I didn't want anyone to see it. It said, call me. And I looked at that text and my heart was pounding and I hung up on the call and I grabbed a yellow pad that was on my desk and I wrote down 11.53 a.m. This is the moment that it all changes. There will be a before and after. I didn't even know for sure. And when I dialed her number, I will not forget it. I mean, my heart was pounding and it was Ashley and another lovely friend of mine who was on the phone too from the adoption agency. They were on two different lines. And they said, Hoda. And I said, yes. And they said, she's here. I was like, I mean, I don't know what giving birth feels like, but I sure know what my heart felt like when I heard those words. It was just amazing. And I, I hung up the phone and I thought, oh my God, she's here. She's here. She's here. And they sent me a picture and I called Joel. I called my mom. I called my sister. I called my best friends. I was like, oh my God, she's here. She's here. And then that was the beginning. What did you know about her and her background? And were you matched with her in that moment? They asked me, what would you be interested in as a mother? Who do you see in the frame? That's what they ask you. Who do you see in the frame? And I said, I see anybody. I don't care. I couldn't care less. Race, sex, it doesn't matter. I said, whatever comes, I'm here. It's for me. I know it. I believe in the universe and God and all that stuff. I said, I believe that she will, he will, you know, be meant for me. I knew nothing about her. They gave me some details about her background afterwards. I was happy to know whatever details, and I was also happy not to know any. I didn't care. I just knew that she was ours. She was going to be loved beyond what I think she would have ever dreamt of. That was my goal, like love her more than she could have ever imagined. So when your life changes at 11.53, you make that call, you call all of the important people in your life. I imagine it sets a crazy few days in motion. Did you have to fly to go meet well, her? Yeah, I did. When the baby's born, and the way I think it works in most adoption agencies, is there's a 30-day period where the birth mother has flexibility because sometimes people change their minds and you have to be available for that. And at the 30-day moment, that's when you can go and pick her up. From that moment, there was 30 days. And so I waited. So during the 30 days, I was like, what's a rock and play or <laughs> whatever? I didn't even know. Like, I no idea. I'm like, oh my God, zero? Diapers come in zero? Like, what formulas? Like, I didn't know any of the things. I did fly to go get her. What was that flight like? Oh, my God. Who were you with? You know what's funny? 
Joel at that point was actually in the middle of some huge work deal. My best friend flew with me to scoop her up. On the way there, it's so, this sounds so weird, but Sandra Bullock was really helping with some guidance about like, don't be scared. She was one of the people who I looked to to realize that someone like me of the same age could do these things. She described like the most beautiful part of her life began when her kids entered it. She sent me some texts and I was reading them and I was playing music by Ingrid Michaelson. I don't know why I love Ingrid Michaelson. I was just playing that music and flew there and then landed and met Karen there. You wait in a room, you just stand there and you wait. I did. And I can picture it. Were you nervous? I have tingles right now. Right now, I feel that it's like you know that one of the biggest moments of your life is about to happen right in front of you. That door swung open. I don't even remember who was carrying her because all I could see was her. And they put her in my arm right here. I haven't carried many babies. She fit like she was born there. I exhaled and I was like, oh my God, oh my God. It was one of those things where I looked down and these eyes were looking at me and I thought to myself, forever, for as long as I am breathing, I have a breath in me, you will be protected and loved and cared for. She felt like mine right then. It didn't take any time. It happened instantly for me. Everybody's different, but boy, did that feel good. Do you remember the first thing you said to her? I knew her name was Haley. My sister and I, we talked about like Haley's Comet. It's like a once in a blue moon, you know, that something beautiful like that happens. I just remember looking at her and I said, like, hi, Haley. Like, you know, sometimes you wonder, does the name fit? And her eyes were looking right up at me. Boy, it was magic. I still can't believe. Sometimes you wonder about what do you deserve in life? What do you deserve? And sometimes when I look at her and I looked at her then, and even today, you wonder, did I get more than my share? Like, I feel like I did, but she changed everything. Talk about a world snapping into focus. Anyway, she changed the world for me. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're saying you connected with her immediately. Some people, regardless of the path that they take to motherhood, whether it's adoption or not, it takes them a little while for that maternal instinct to kick in. Did you just have it the second she was in your arms? I had it and I didn't know what I was doing either. It's not like I knew I had any idea. I had no idea what I was doing. They were like, change your diaper. I was like, 
what part goes where. Like I didn't have any skills. I didn't know how to do all the things, but I had a feeling, you know, was I scared? Yes. Was I afraid I was going to break her? Yes. Was I scared <laughs> about, you know, like poor Joel? Did you always envision a family with more than one child? Yes. I did because there are a lot of things you evaluate in your life when you're an older parent. I feel like there's so many pluses. I can't even quantify them all. There's so many. You're calmer. You have your priorities straight. You understand. You have all these things. I'm also keenly aware that I want someone who can share a life alongside two siblings that can share a life alongside one another long after we're gone. And I've thought of that. I hate to think about it, quite frankly, but I want someone who says, do you remember when, or aren't mom and dad weird, or all those things, just someone to hold hands with through life. There was never a doubt that it was going to be, to me, more than one child, never a doubt in my mind. How soon after you brought Haley home did you start thinking about starting that process? I called at six months, and they said, you have to wait nine months because that's the rule as if you were actually having the baby. They said at nine months, you can reapply. And I did. We applied right at nine months because that's how much I wanted it and how much I loved every bit of it. Yeah, I'm a worker at work. I took six months off. I've never taken six months off in my life. Never. It was probably the easiest decision I've ever made. And I've heard you talk about how immediately your priorities shifted. If everything was taken away from me, if I lost my job, if I lost everything, as long as I have her, it's okay. Isn't that funny? All the things I valued and treasured, all the things that mattered to me, and all of a sudden, it could all fall away. Even if today, because I think about that some days, because you never know what life has in store for you. Where would I be? All I know is when I put the key in the door, when I open the door after work or on Saturday, I only get Saturday and Sunday mornings because I leave at three in the morning, but all those other days, I have to tell you, there is no better feeling. It's like a ticker tape parade and you can't believe it's happening for you. Hope is a dream child. She is a dream child. It is as if They shared the same blood, the same everything. She and Haley, they are intertwined. They hold hands. They don't let go. They're actually in the same school. One's two and a half and one's four and a half. They write each other notes because of COVID they can't see. And the teachers deliver them. Stop it. That's what they're doing. They're two and a half and four and a half. Like I'm so blown away by the love they share. I keep thinking like, I want to be a better parent. I want to be firm, but I also want them to have like the time of their life. I want to have more patience than my parents had. But I also, you know, realize that kids who are handed, who don't have much kind of difficulty growing up, sometimes have trouble adjusting in adulthood. Like I want strong adults, strong grownups when they grow up. I feel like I'm busy prepping them now because life is weird. You don't know. So I'm trying really hard to make sure that they are on the right path. Some days I'll wake up and I'll go, do I seriously have two kids sleeping down the hall from me? Like, And I watch them on the monitor because they share a room and they sing songs and I'm like, I'll take care of you. Don't worry, Hope. Hope's like, sissy, do you need a hug? I'm like, what is happening? How is this possible that this is me, the career-driven, hard-driving, you know, blah, 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 you know? And then it just reminded me, like, when you think life passed you by, just 
slow down a minute and see. Maybe it didn't. I remember feeling the same way when my son was born. I said to my husband, like, I feel like our world is so tiny, but I meant it in a good way. Like, all that matters is right here. And who knows what's happening outside this little circle? Who cares? Yes. There could be all kinds of crap going on around the world, in our own country. And it's not that I'm not engaged or listening, but the only thing I have control over is this space. My child, my daughter, Hope, Haley, Joel, I can make our place cozy, our place a sanctuary, our place peaceful, our place full of love. When we step out the door, I can't control that. They're going to school, Joel's going to work, I'm going out. When we come home, this space right here, this is going to be a beautiful, comfortable, lovely, safe, peaceful place. I love that. So tell me, at nine months, you decide, I want a sibling. How long did it take to find out about Hope? It took another year and a half. We were waiting and waiting, and I kind of wondered. I kept thinking, okay, no matter what happens, you've been given more gifts than you could have ever imagined. It was around Mardi Gras. I had my book coming out, and they called and they said, well, it's a great holiday. It's Mardi Gras around this time. You got a book coming out. And you might think that book is kind of like your baby, but we have some more news. And I was like, oh my God, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. This time Joel and I both flew to scoop her up. I mean, there are a lot of beautiful pictures of Joel and the kids, but probably none more beautiful than when he's holding hope for the first time. He's crying and he's looking at me like, oh my gosh. We cuddled her up and we brought her home and we introduced her to Haley. And, what was that introduction like? Oh my God, because we've been telling her, I'm going to have a sister, a sissy, a sissy. You know, she didn't know. And she kept looking at her and touching her. In fact, we had a bassinet that was above and she slept underneath the bassinet. That's where Haley was sleeping. It was super cute. That's so sweet. Can you believe, aren't we lucky? Yes. How did yeah. we get to do this? I know. It's so wonderful. I'm curious, if someone were sitting in front of you and said, I'm considering adopting, I don't know much about it, what's the advice or the guidance you would give to that woman? I would say, first of all, the decision that you are making right now is the best decision you'll ever make. I don't care what decisions you've made in the past or what's in the future. This one right here, wanting to adopt. And you're not adopting to save a child. That's not why you're adopting. You're adopting to save you. You're adopting to fulfill a part of you that is missing. Whenever someone says to me, oh, well, wow, what a great thing you're doing by adopting. It's like, no, no, no. I haven't done one thing except for I've been enriched. I've gained. I can't think of anything that has gone the other way. The adoption process can be long and it can be difficult. But look, people go through labor. It's long and it's difficult. When that baby is placed in your arms, there are very few things that are life-changing. I didn't know that everything good was going to happen after 50 for me. I had no clue. Who th would have thought that? And I thought I had all the highs and all the loves and everything. And then all of a sudden, I get this happens. I'm like, oh my God, who's the love of my life? These girls. I mean, I love Joel, but of your life, the loves of your life? It's literally as if my heart is running around right now at a kindergarten. I can feel it. I can feel them to know that you can experience this kind of emotion 
and have this bond. I smile all the time when I think about it. Like, I get to do this. I get to. Something that maybe someone would take for granted. Like, oh, well, I'm a mom. Oh, well, what a headache. When you've been dying for something your whole life, and when it comes to this stage, someone says, okay, you can have a crack at it. You're like, oh my God, thank you. I'll hold it with kid gloves. I'll treasure it. I feel the same way. Sometimes I feel like the bumpier or more difficult the road, the more you're able to value something at the end of it. Yes. Yes. As you heard from Hoda, there's a lot that goes into the adoption process. It's not as simple as making the decision, picking up the phone, and getting a child. Adoption is complicated, sometimes confusing, and there are a lot of misconceptions. It's also a really wonderful option. So I spoke to an expert about the top five things you need to know if you're considering adoption. Michelle Hofker is the adoption coordinator at Presbyterian Children's Homes and Services based in Texas. Number one, adoption can be very, very expensive, but there are options for those who think it's out of their price range. Yes, it can feel pretty expensive, anywhere from 25000 to 40000 It can go above that. During a domestic adoption, um, typically what you would think of when you're adopting an infant, there's a whole legal process, there's counseling involved, there are also supportive services for the birth parent during their pregnancy and even sometimes past their pregnancy. But there are also ways that you can pay for your adoption. And so there are organizations out there who provide grants for adoptions. You also want to look into the adoption tax credit. But typically, yes, families would assume it's expensive. Number two, there's also a no-fee option that might be right for some people. I think it's really important that people realize that adoption also happens for older children who are in the foster care system. There are a lot of children out there who are not necessarily an infant, but who also need homes. There are no fees associated with that type of adoption. You might have to get a fire inspection or, you know, little side things, but you're not paying an agency fee for the adoption of older kids. Number three, adoption can take a few months or it can take a few years. I really tell families to expect a year to three years. It could happen more quickly. When a family comes in and they've already identified perhaps one specific gender that they're hoping to adopt, or if they are wanting only an infant, um, newborn, right, straight from the hospital, or if they're very selective as far as the race or ethnicity of the child. And I would also say, though, that there are birth parent characteristics. So perhaps they're not open to a birth parent who has struggled with some kind of substance abuse or a mental health diagnosis. So the more closed you are in kind of these areas, the less opportunity you have to be presented. And so those are the things that really would contribute to a weight. Number four. Yes, you can adopt as a single mom, a single dad, a same-sex couple, a first-time parent, or an older couple. You're not disqualified, even if you think you might be. We have families of all shapes and sizes, and it's important to think in terms of the birth parents who place. They also come from various backgrounds, you know, like for a single parent, perhaps it's a mom who was raised by a single mother and thought she did a fantastic job. Number five. Research has shown that open adoptions are the way to go. There was a time when adoptions were very closed, when an agency would select the family for the child. 
when a birth mother would place and she would never see her child again. And over time, the research really shows that is not very healthy for the adoptee, for the child, and ultimately not for even the adoptive parent or the birth mother. And so over time, we've transitioned into the idea that openness starts with the fact that the birth mother selects the family. They can start to grow a relationship according to everybody's comfort level, but it's important that everybody understands the benefits in that. Initially, there's some fear related to openness, but really what it is, is it's the idea that a child can grow up knowing their story, knowing that they're adopted. It's just always a part of them. It's not some huge secret that needs to be revealed someday. They don't know who they look like or the one tooth that does the weird thing or their voice or maybe parts of their personality. And so it's good for children who grow up in an open adoption to really kind of understand their story all along and also helps them to sort of decrease any possible feelings of abandonment or rejection. That's it for this episode of Me Becoming Mom. Next week, we're bringing you the story of Real Housewife of Atlanta, Candy Burris. She became a mom to four kids in four unique ways, including IVF and welcoming a baby via surrogate. I was like, oh my God, I'm not going to be carrying my own child. This is crazy. How does this work? What am I doing? Then after I really got comfortable with Shadina, we check in with her. We had our regular texts going. We would go to appointments together. And I knew that she was doing everything perfectly on point. Then I was like, you know what? This is not so bad. You know, my body's still looking kind of good. Don't forget to check out Hoda's new podcast, Making Space. If you like our podcast, please subscribe and leave a review on Amazon Music or wherever you get your podcasts. We would also love it if you told a friend about us. This podcast is produced by people in partnership with Pod People. Special thanks to our production team, Andy Cubis, Jason Mack, Brian Rivers, Eliza Sessler, and Suzanne Semeloff. Our executive producers are Lauren Mickler, David Flumenbaum, and me, Zoe Ruderman. Thank you so much for listening. 